0: You know, your street cred went way up. Because <laughs> right. you know the fans yes, were did. saying the same yep. thing. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week
2: say BYU can't play with the big boys, The quarterback Brandon Doman says there's only one way to prove it. So
3: will will give us a chance, see what we can do. Doman has a man wide open. Doman off the outside, touchdown BYU. He got it,
4: touchdown Brandon Doman. some fun memories there. We're in Studio B with your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play. Jerram Jordan alongside Dave McCann. Brandon Doman is our next guest. Only two players in BYU history have won their first 14 starts, Robbie Bosco and Brandon Doman, who now joins the program. Brandon, 14 uh, straight wins is a pretty good way to start your career, was it not
3: it Well, if, I think if I can be in the same sentence as Robbie Bosco, that's pretty good. I feel pretty good about that.
4: That is a pretty good one. Uh, we've had this best wins bracket uh, going on, 2000 Utah, 2001 Utah wins were discussed uh, what are some of your favorite memories from those two very important games in BoA history
3: well beating Utah number one is probably my my favorite memory number two I would say my 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 favorite football game I ever played in was Lavella's last game having the opportunity to be the starting quarterback for that game and to be able to carry him off the field and win in such a dramatic comeback fashion uh, by far was was my greatest memory and and then I don't know that I've ever been in BYU Stadium when uh, quite like the moment when Luke Staley caught the pitch and ran down the sideline to win that game. I think it kept us at 12-0 or 13-0 or something like that. And, and uh, that was pretty pretty remarkable time as well.
0: I was watching that uh, last blast against the Utes over the weekend, and I was surprised, I didn't realize it at the time, how often you called Kalani Satake's number, whether you were yes. dropping him a pass or running the football. I think that was his finest hour.
3: Yeah. No, he was tough. He was so tough. He was a great ball catcher. He would come out of the backfield as a blocker often, and so uh, he was a perfect check down um, and uh, just a real steady, steady player for sure.
4: Guide me through your mindset going into the New Mexico game where the stadium is named after Lavelle and you're 4-6 and and you don't want Lavelle to lose his last home game or the next week against Utah. And now here is your first start, like the pressure of that moment. Were you loose? And if so, how?
3: I had prepared my whole life for that moment. I was the youngest of four boys in my family, and um, I had gone to BYU football games from the time I was eight years old, and I had dreamed about that. I felt like I was prepared for it. The coaches had done a good job of, you know, giving me opportunities to practice. And, and I, you know, I was gosh, I was almost through my junior season, so I had been around the block. And I was I was plenty prepared. So I don't I don't know that I was nervous. I was so anxious, so excited to play um, that it, it just went past me. The fact that it was Lavelle's last game and all the nostalgia that went into that game. I I, I just didn't worry about that. I, I was just so excited about the fact that I got to play that night. Um, and I think the nerves were caught up in just enthusiasm, and excitement to play.
4: Brandon, but when Gordon Hinckley is entering the locker room pregame, that's a different kind of game, right? Um, what were the emotions like, and how did you sort of—I don't know—that you were naive, but how did you stay in that space to where it's like, well, this is just a game; I got to go out and win, because it wasn't just a game; it was a huge game.
3: Yeah, I—I I joke all the time that I thought the prophet had showed up to, you know, to wish me well for my first start. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hopefully he shows up I for Keaton so Slovis in the same way. <laughs> yeah, lo and
3: behold, he was there for Coach Edwards. I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. But you know, I the, the story is that he looked at the team and and congratulated Lavelle on a great story on a great story career. And then he looked at us and says, Guys, we've got to send Lavelle out with a victory tonight. And then he pointed out and said, So, you know, don't muff it. And in, in my closet at my house, I have this little picture of the prophet Gordon B. Hinckley and and the phrase that says, Don't muff it. And ever since that day it's ironically i think uniquely not ironically uniquely in my life has been kind of a little model that i look at every morning when i when i get one. up and head out for the day don't muff it and i'm grateful for that
0: those are words to live by for sure so here we are wrapping up the month of june with july and the team reports next month the end of next month how important mm-hmm. is this time for a quarterback
3: well, he has so many opportunities to get with his players. He still hasn't quite figured out the system. He still doesn't quite have the camaraderie with the receivers. When I was going into my first season as a starter, I hadn't played any football games. Now, that's different for him. He, he had, He's played a bunch of football games. I only played two. And there was a lot uh, of uncertainty with who's going to play particular positions at receiver. We were still short on a couple uh, personnel um scenarios that hadn't quite ironed themselves out and they can go out every single day and work on routes look at look at scheme he can get on the uh, whiteboard with his with his coaches and with his teammates he can get in the film room Um, I I think that there's um, you know five six week period of time here where prior to fall camp He can make up so much ground in preparation to hit the ground running for fall camp and understanding the scheme and what the coaches want. Spring ball was no way near enough time for him to wrap his head around, you know, what what the coaches were wanting to accomplish as a, you know, as an offense. But for a guy that's as veteran as he is uh, between spring ball and then summer months right now, he should have plenty of time to figure that out.
4: Certainly different in the, uh, you know, entrance into the one-and-done year. You had the end of your junior year, then you had your senior year. But if Keaton Slovis has a nice year, he could be the third straight starting quarterback at BYU Drafted. Do you feel like QBU is back at BYU, given that they put two in the league? Obviously, a number two pick and then a fifth rounder in Jaron Hall?
3: Yeah, it it depends on how well he plays. You know, he needs to win. Zach Wilson won games. Jaron Hall won games. You know, he, Slovis needs to go in there and win games, despite his ability to throw the football and, and, and you know execute the offense. At the end of the day, BYU needs to go have a couple signature victories for him to have a you know draft pick opportunity. Um, I, we won football games when I was playing, and and uh, I think I think uh, you know QBU is partially uh, you know good quarterbacks that play in a great scheme. But we've also proven to win, and the guys that win usually get drafted. Um, So hopefully for his sake, they can get some wins, 8, 10 games. That would be a massive accomplishment in in year one. So it's tough sledding for that guy right now.
0: You mentioned his experience coming, in; he has 34 P5 starts. How valuable will that be, and and how will Cougar fans notice his experience the most? How will that show itself?
3: Yeah, he just – he won't be – too too worked up about these big football games. He's played against these types of opponents. I think he'll be great in the locker room. He should have a ton of poise. Um, just his comfort level of being a starter, um, I think will have a resonating impact on the locker room, the players in that locker room. is a lot of guys that haven't played in consecutive back-to-back big games like this in a conference like this. Um, and I think he'll he'll provide some you know calming assurance to everybody, and specifically for him because he's going to have to play well. And as goes the quarterback, so goes the team. Especially at BYU, he, he's going to have to really play well in order for these guys to have a you know a consistent chance at winning. They just don't have enough you know horses to hand the ball off and to you know muscle through these football games. He's going to have to play very consistent, efficient football as a quarterback to keep these guys you know, in the football games.
0: In this position, uh, and, and you can shed some serious light on it for us, uh, how, how important is it for a quarterback um, to, there, there's a confident quarterback, and there's a quarterback who can appear to look confident when he's really not quite sure. Uh, how, how valuable of a skill is that? Of Guys were going out there when in his mind he's like, I'm not sure what's about to happen.
3: Um, I, the team can see right through it. it it's a matter of, of just being the field general and and having to communicate on the sideline, out on the field during practices. And if the quarterback's not confident, you know, there's we. we I think Vince Lombardi was. I don't think I know Vince Lombardi said that leadership rests upon truth in your purpose and willpower and your character. And they can see right through your 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 truthfulness and your purpose and your willpower and and. You know, confidence displays itself really fast, and um, they'll, they'll only they'll only follow you so long without you displaying a ton of confidence in who you are, and in them as teammates, and and in your ability to execute the offense. So, hopefully, like I said, he's taking full advantage of every minute he's got during the summer here to prepare uh, to be ready to play. Aaron Rodgers is doing that out in New York with the Jets. I mean, to, to hats off to him for. Getting out there and spending as much time as he can because he recognizes that right now is his chance to go win. And I think Slovis is going to have to do the same thing.
4: Brandon Doman joins us on BYU Sports Nation. Was the Dominator a nickname that you had growing up, or was that something that BYU gave you?
3: Yeah, th- th- my teammates gave it to me at BYU. Um, you know, there's there's a number of like two or three guys that think that they came up with the nickname, <laughs> so I'm not going to pinpoint one of them, but. One of the one of my offensive linemen felt like he came up with the nickname and um which anyways, one? Dustin Staley Luke Staley's um Aaron McCovin's and um and then Dustin Staley, Luke's older brother. Um uh, they, they all claim that they came up with the nickname, but uh uh it's stuck forever. I mean, I'm forty six years old and it's stuck. <laughs> you know the, the
0: fourteen wins in a row had a lot to do with the sticking.
4: Yeah. And, and the picture was cool too of the gladiator, which I think came out around that time. Were you on board for all that, or were you like, whatever you guys say?
3: Uh, look, it, it, I think it gave me, I think it gave me like one vote in the Heisman <laughs> voting. <laughs> <condition>. <laughs> I think I, I think I was the ninth vote getter, so I don't know that it that it served served any uh, purpose more than just giving me a nickname, but I was so grateful. Yeah, the, the marketing team there at BYU, some of those guys are still there. I remember working with Duff Tittle and mm-hmm. some of those guys to campaign, and, and um, I just for, so grateful for all those guys. There's so many people behind the scenes in an athletic department that do way more than anybody realizes, and those guys went to bat for me with the media, and I think halfway through the season, between all the work they had done and BYU fans, I was, you know, getting a lot of notoriety through ESPN, and they were ESPN. I'm sorry, Heisman Trophy was running a voting campaign, and I was the number one vote getter, and, and um, throughout the season, so it was fun. I'm sure it helped me, you know, in, in getting drafted and all the other things that happened after the season. It was, um, you know, a lot of that went and you know helped me in a lot of ways. Hey, for for the next minute, uh, you are the commissioner of the Big Twelve.
0: Um, June 30th is coming up. Are you going to invite San Diego State into the league?
3: I would get I would do everything they can to get Utah, Colorado, Arizona and Arizona State, make it a 16 team league. Um, I just don't I don't know that San Diego State fits the bill for for what the Big 12 truly can accomplish if they'll hang tight for a minute. I I think the Pac-12 is in a unique unique situation and I think Utah and Colorado, and like I said, Arizona and Arizona State, are going to be in a better position uh, yeah. if they'll if they'll group together and unify together, and make that transition at the right time into the Big Twelve. Um, and uh, between the, between the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, and the SEC, that will make three really solid conferences at that point. You know what what I th- Air, Oregon and Washington and them, I think they're going to jump ship as well and probably end up in the Big Ten. So. I don't know that San Diego State's the play I'd make right now if I were the commissioner.
4: Well, the play wasn't in Qualcomm Stadium anymore because they tore that thing down. A lot of great memories, but that place was a dump, including your 59-21 win in 2001. Brandon, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on the show.
3: All right, guys. All the best. Take care.
4: The Dominator on BYU Sports Nation. So good. He's so full of information.
0: And I I was kind of surprised. I thought maybe he'd lean a little more to San Diego State because it gives a time zone and a good basketball program and whatever, but it's out. Commissioner nope. Doman, no San Diego And State. who
4: knows? Uh, I mean, the Big 12 might add more, and it might be up to 20 teams at some point. Yeah. I, I don't know. We shall How see. How ambitious will the Big 12 be? Hey,
0: uh, what we're going to see coming up is the Y Awards. Spencer and Jerem in their tuxedos are going to uh, MC the bra- biggest and brightest in BYU Athletics over the last year in their annual event. You can watch or listen Friday June twenty third. That's coming up at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You going the same tux as last year? Are you gonna
4: nope. Mixed it up. Yeah, nice. If, and if you Venmo me enough, I'll just tell you the winners. Just DM me. <laughs> uh, coming up, which Cougars were drafted into the USFL and volleyball rep in the red, white, and blue. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation
0: on BYU Radio. Hey, we invite you to follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the entire day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok.
4: Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Jeremy. He is Dave. Let's get to today's headlines. Peyton Wilgar,
0: Lorenzo Fauatea, selected in the XFL draft. Wilgar to the Seattle Sea Dragons, Fauatea to the Vegas Vipers. You know what that means? They get to be paid to play football, which is the dream of every Division I athlete. USFL results over the weekend. Kainakua, six tackles, a pass breakup for the Michigan Panthers. Diane Lake, three tackles for Houston. Troy Warner, three tackles. For the Memphis Showboats, a team that also features Corbin Kafusi on the offensive line, those are guys getting paid to have some
4: fun. Hey, there you go. Three women's volleyballers representing the United States on the collegiate national team, and Heather Olmsted as an assistant coach, as well as Aaron Livingston and Kate Pryor, are two of the 20 players. The three are in Anaheim this week, training much more on this with Heather later in the program. And Alexa Grant, Team Canada, lost to Turkey Friday in three and uh, lost in five to the Dominican Republic Saturday in Hong Kong in Volleyball Nations League. Gray is carrying Canada 17 kills against Turkey then 19 in an ace against the DR. Gray is eighth in the world right now in total points. Fantastic.
0: BYU softball announced the signing of transfer catcher Lindsey Madrigal from Salt Lake Community College. That position is now loaded as the Cougars head to the Big 12.
4: Tennis player Wally Thane is ranked number 12 in the final Mountain Region rankings by the Intercollegiate Tennis Association. After a brief stint in Iowa, Michael Rucker back
0: up with the Cubs, pitched a scoreless inning over the weekend. The Cubs have now won five of the last six. He's kind of on that shuttle of Iowa to Chicago. So when he's in Chicago, pitched really well and he had a good weekend.
4: Of course fate would give you the Cubs headline. Yes. That's great. As it should be. Lee Kumard was named to the 2023-75 Rising Stars Impactful Women's Mid-Major Assistant Coaches list.
0: How fortunate is BYU to have Kumard on that staff. He
4: is a great coach. Yeah. Uh,
0: Bob Huggins is out as West Virginia's men's basketball coach after multiple off-the-court incidents, uh, including one using a homophobic slur in an interview and then Friday night at DUI. Huggins was the active Division I leader Says he plans to retire. That'll all come out this week, as reported. He was put in the College Basketball Hall of Fame just last fall. Still waiting for that Big 12 basketball schedule. BYU's going to go to Morgantown, but now they'll face a different group of Mountaineers.
4: Yeah, we'll we'll see who you play just once, uh, who twice, and whatnot. Okay, those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Google Whip Around Us, presented by Mearsky, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Father's Day yesterday. It was great, hope everyone had a good day.
0: What's the best father-sons duo in BYU history?
4: There's a lot of great ones. Uh, Grit and Steve Young, uh, Marty or Tyler Hawes, right? Or maybe TJ, any of the Kafusi's. Johnny and Todd Miller. I don't know, there's been a lot of great ones. It's been, and, and more power to all of them. And happy belated Father's Day to everybody. Okay, BYU Throwbacks tweeted a video of Max Hall's fourth and 18 conversion to Austin Collie against Utah in 2007. Hall said that was the loudest moment at LaBelle Edwards Stadium he's experienced. What's the loudest for you? Kainakua's
0: pick six against Boise
4: State after the Hail Mary
0: from Mangum to Juergens. Uh, it was loud to begin with, which followed, remember, followed the Nebraska Hail Mary. Then we got this one, and then the pick six where Nakua just kept going in the end zone, jumps up, places bananas, was a whiteout, so just yep. a sea of white going nuts. I looked at Blaine during our broadcast and I thought, by, oh, this is next
4: level. 0-1 Utah with the Dominator and Luke Staley on that pitch was number one for me.
0: Jason Shepard tweeted a photo of him and Trevor Nell uh, at Disneyland. Uh, over the weekend. On the teacups, probably. <laughs> Who's the most random person you've run into at a theme park? Like that. S-
4: I saw Tom Homo and we were wearing the same shirt, like logo, but different colors of like Mickey doing a, a Y or whatever. Last April. Last I April. I saw Tom, yeah. It's like, hey, what's up, man? All right. Yeah. Okay, College Football Home tweeted this. <laughs> huh. For the This is the greatest question ever. For the rest of your life, would you rather, one, only liquid you can drink is water strained from a tuna can, but. Your favorite college football team wins at least 10 games per year. Or two, full choice of liquids like you have currently, but your favorite college football team never wins more than five games per year. Dave, what's your answer?
0: Hands down, number two.
4: <laughs> I have a sensitive,
0: I've a sensitivity to tuna fish. I can be in any part of the house and I can tell when Diane opens a
4: can of tuna oh, fish. It's like I would uh, just like, I would go with yeah. I'm gonna take less than five what about you how much do i love byu versus football versus liquid <laughs> not liquid tuna any liquid uh and it's only tuna i've got to go with two but it's really hard i like when byu wins 10 plus games yeah uh because one's enticing but yeah yeah, but yeah I don't in like the end fits. life happiness is better okay <laughs> yeah. coming up after the break heather olmstead was named an assistant coach for the united states as we mentioned collegiate national team she's taking two of her players with her they're already there Olmstead joins the program after the break as BYU Sports Nation continues. The best
1: of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation.
4: Next on BYUSN, Cougars five days away from joining the Big 12 Conference. It is getting real, but do we want San Diego State in the Big 12? Plus, the best win bracket goes to the second round. We've got Brandon Doman on the show to talk about it. Let's go, baby. This is BYU Sports Nation. Not five days away. we a week and a half. Let's go. Presented by the BOI Store, Fisher Outfitter, BYU fans everywhere. Monday, June 19th. It is Juneteenth. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside Super Bowl ring analyst Dave McCann. You, you've come up with so many that uh, you've <laughs> loved over the years, and now the Chiefs have added some. You know,
0: Andy Reid is so cool. Uh, and they had their party the other day where they got their rings. And the media were asking him. He's in his tux with his wife. And they go, hey, were not you wearing your Super Bowl ring? And he goes, I got my Super Bowl ring right here. My wedding ring is my Super Bowl ring. And he's just like, you know, he, he's so much like Lavelle. In the moment, yes. spontaneous stuff that just exudes coolness. And it's like, you know what? I want to be like him when I grow up.
4: I don't think we realized at any point that there would be a Lavelle in the NFL. Yeah. It is Andy Reid. He has taken every good thing from Lavelle, and now Matt Bushman and Zane Anderson and and Porter Elliott on the staff as BYU guys with Super Bowl rings. So Zane is on the Bills now, and he came over for you have the to, party. Right, right. Someone says you're going to get a ring. Yeah, I, you show up. You never like in the NBA, they wait until that that player comes to the city, yeah, and then they get the ring. So shout out to those guys. Pretty cool, man. I think it's
0: awesome that uh, that that when they have Super Bowl rings and. And like for for Matt, he's on the practice squad, but now now he's back playing to get in the game. Mm-hmm. And no matter what happens, he has a Super Bowl ring. He can say to no his father-in-law, what happens. "Hey Chad, uh, let's bring out our Super Bowl <laughs> ring." And oh, it's like, "Uh, wait. okay." Yeah. Anyway, that, I that'd it was so be really cool. mean. That would be, <laughs> that would be. But you know what? Any time a son-in-law can one up the father-in-law, you know. I don't know if I'm
4: doing that to Rob, my father-in-law. give it some time. Yeah.
0: It's it's a long... I'm hoping to make the uh, will
4: later, you know. It's a long life.
0: (laughs) On today's show, as we kick off the new week, former Cougar Brandon Doman is here. We're going to ask him if he thinks the Big 12 should invite San Diego State. Uh, Women's volleyball coach Heather Olmstead's here. Their non-conference slate is, is fantastic. Our question of the day is, do you want San Diego State in the Big 12. And our matchup of the day of our best BYU football wins bracket, we got Miami of 1990 going head to head against Missouri Ooh. of 1983. Ooh. Two very, very big games with spectacular performances from the two quarterbacks
4: in that one. We'll roll it out a bit later on. But alas, Miami should win that because that's the one, one. Right? In a yeah. cakewalk. Yeah, let's go. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event. Okay, Friday, Pete Thamel of ESPN reported that San Diego State told the Mountain West they intend to leave the conference. The Aztecs reportedly asked for a one-month extension beyond June 30th for that. San Diego State told the league it wasn't an official notice of resignation, so what was it? Uh, Meanwhile, the Pac-12, Big 12 haven't officially invited the Aztecs, although that never really happens. you just suddenly in the league, right? Yeah. Thamel said San Diego State has to give a year of notice to withdraw uh, next June and enter the league in 2024. If school waits past June 30th, the exit fee of nearly 17 mil jumps up to $34 million. So let me ask you this. Do you want San Diego State, who has clearly entered the portal, in the Big 12 <laughs> in the future? Just how they've handled this whole thing is, is comical.
0: It's like, you know, you're committing to go to the dance. I'll go to the dance with you. Uh, but I want 30 days to see if I can... Go with someone if else. Anyone else. But someone I want you. Else? I'm committed to you. Yeah. But I want to be able to play the what, what? The Mountain West doesn't come back and say, "Hey, you're right."
4: Just, yeah. Great. Never, We've never been burned by this before no, with anybody. Never
0: happened to us. Uh, if I'm the commissioner, do I want San Diego State in the conference? I think yes, and and for a couple of reasons. One, they're on the market. And, and two, uh, if you're Brett Yormark, and he's been quite clear, he wants a land grab and he wants a time zone grab. Yep. This gets you Southern California without dealing with the politics of, of PAC 12 ness, and it also um, gets you in the Pacific time zone without, again, having to deal with the politics of Washington, Oregon, and who's going to leave and who's going to not. Um, clearly, I, I would prefer it to be Arizona and Colorado, but. If it's San Diego State and those two aren't jumping, uh, I'd rather see them go to the Big 12 than the Pac 12. Basketball-wise, San Diego State's now in the elite status, and football's getting a little better, and we have a relationship with them.
4: Yeah, I, I would say yes, but that's assuming that there are no other Power Fives available. Right. Like if you say who else do you well, I want Oregon and Washington. Yeah. And if I can't have them, then I would like Utah slash Arizona probably, um, or Arizona State. And if I can't have them, then maybe Colorado, Arizona. So uh, the San Diego State thing and even the Gonzaga thing, those are basically like, okay, if plundering the Pac-12 is not available based on TV contract and sometime that's going to come out, is it going to come out this year, next couple months? Is it going to come out in the next few weeks? Seems like June 30th is a big day it for all It feels like that. that. <laughs> and July 1st, big day here as well. Yeah. Around that time, it'll be fun. If the Pac-12 TV deal is not good enough, and again, good enough is subjective. It's not just about money. Like, if you're on Apple TV+, Plus, streaming only, but you got the same or more money than the Big 12, is it better? You may not be seen. You think every Applebee's in America is going to pull that up? so that your game's on no. in random bars and whatnot around the country. Not just Applebee's, you know what I mean, though. Like, I, I don't know. San Diego State, yes, for all the reasons you uh, illustrated. The, the travel partner for BYU would be nice, although I think if they go one team, they'll probably go a second. Right. So San Diego State and Gonzaga, to me, could feel uh, joined at the hip or, a little or bit. Or UConn. Or you go UConn, and now you're, now you're truly coast-to-coast. But I'm afraid of a better whack where you're too spread out, too many teams, is it diluted in a way? If it's all about money and you can prorate these people in, okay, sure. But ultimately, I think the Big 12 is waiting for the pac 12s TV deal to potentially not be good enough and for a few disgruntled members to leave. And all it takes is uh, a third team. Because if two leave, they can go San Diego State SMU. They flirted openly with them, uh, Pac-12, that is. So we'll see what happens there, man. Um, it's going to be interesting. June and, 30th screams to me because
0: that's why San Diego State came out and said, "Hey, we're we're intending to leave." Yes, June they're in 30th a hurry because in 11 the days. fee to get out doubles the next day.
4: Yes, and so, that's to get in the league next season. Yeah, if they if they did it, you know, in a couple years. So if
0: they're pretty sure somebody's going to invite them, but they don't want to pay a double exit fee, but they might not invite them by July 1, then they come up with the idea of, "Hey, we're leaving, but." We'd like you to give us 30 days. And that's just not going to happen. Yep. Matt Wessey, why don't you give us $36 million?
4: And obviously there's a history with San Diego State that would be uh, familiar and uh, pretty normal for BYU given the history in the past, which brings us to our stat of the day.
1: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
4: They played a bunch, Dave, 113 times, in fact, uh, in football and men's basketball. BYU 79-33, and there was one tie Ball back in the day. Yeah, That no, is famous
0: from 91. Got right? BYU back into the holiday
4: ball and cut the Aztecs out. Whack title. That's actually one of the greatest ties in BYU history. <laughs> yeah. Which is all good. Led by Tide Everett. So there's a familiarity there, which brings us to topic number two.
0: If San Diego State joins the Big 12, it's a natural rival for BYU. And, uh, there's a relationship there. There's angst there. There's all that stuff that, 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 <laughs> that, that comes makes, with a rivalry. That makes a rival. But if they don't, yeah. who would you hand pick? For BYU to be a rival in this Big 12. Oklahoma Texas are leaving, so just kind of yes. consider everyone else is left.
4: Yes. Who's going to be the rival? If they asked me and I could force a rivalry like yeah. Utah-Colorado was. Which or never something. works. Which never works, yeah. A rivalry just happens organically. When, when BYU went to the West Coast Conference, I don't think we were thinking, hey, in men's hoops, it's St. Mary's. I think we yeah. thought it was going to be Gonzaga. And oh, by the way, that's by sport. Sometimes it's not multi-sport. Like, Utah will continue to be the all-sport rival, and then Utah State kind of as well. Boise State in football became a rival, but it wasn't in any other sport. In the WCC, women's hoops, it was Gonzaga. Women's soccer, it was Santa Clara. Women's volleyball, it was San Diego. I wonder if that's going to happen in the Big 12, where it's sports-specific competitive rivalries, like we saw with St. Mary's and men's hoops and so on and so forth. If I had to pick one, it would be Baylor. Here's why. He already played twice. Got a little thing going there. Um, Grimes and Mateos are still there, right? Familiar homies on the staff. They stole the Barrington brothers. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Caleb Loader's on the men's basketball team. Uh, You know, both uh, Christian institutions. I don't know that that really matters all that much. But it could be Baylor. But I don't think there's going to be a forced one. There may not be a single competitive rivalry. Or does it become like Utah where it's like, well, we're competing with USC for the division title. That's the team that we eyeball. But we'll it's, see.
0: It's got to come back both ways, right? USC could care less. They don't like losing the Utes, but <laughs> yeah. they got Notre Dame to deal with. They don't think about with. Utah. they <laughs> they got, they got uh, Stanford to deal with. Like, everyone else is USC's rival, but just like everybody was BYU's yeah. rival in the, in the WAC. But
4: think right? about Oregon and Washington
0: yeah. at the time. Well, yeah. Wyoming was never BYU's biggest game, but, but it meant Hawaii everything to Wyoming in yeah, Hawaii. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm going to go Houston, mm. and, and the reason why is that there at least is a history there. Um, BYU's three and 0 against them uh, in football. They've been down there twice. They've had shootouts. Um, they, they on the buzzer beater. They beat Houston there. Houston
4: now in Think basketball. Think about how good that win was, given how good Houston's been the last yeah. few years. And now they're then. in the elite. Oh they're in
0: the elite status.
4: Yes, one um, seed last year.
0: And also the reason I picked them is there's an enormous BYU fan base already there in the Houston area. Jeff Nielsen so, did work. Yeah, he did work. And so when the Cougars come to town, there's already a build-in agitation by the other Cougars of, how did all these blue Cougars get into our stadium? And that never sits well, and that helps to feed a, a rivalry. So if you, if you had to pick one that at least has the start of something, I, I would go Houston based on that. But, but what, what I wouldn't do is assign somebody, hey, by the way, you now hate those guys, and they hate
4: you. Ring the bell. Hatfield, McCoys, come over here. Uh, oh, wait. You already do hate each other. Yeah. The, the There was a mini hashtag battle between Houston and BYU a couple of years ago, by the way, for hashtag go Cougs. Yeah. To where I believe... Uh, and I think it was Washington State even yeah. um, was in the mix. Uh, but it's like COOGS, but BYU is the COUGS. There, there are these things that happen with uh, rivalries. There's,
0: there's, there's, but you've got to have history. You gotta yes, you've got
4: to have a choke sign from Eric Mika. you got to have Brad Waller throw a mouthpiece. you got to have a Dell of a dagger. Half-court things, things right create... after
0: Haas hit his big shot, so you went from here yes. down these to here. These
4: things happen, yeah. as they uh, said on It'll It's It'll be fun to watch mad and mad. see how it evolves. Okay, our question of the day is this. Do you want San Diego State to join the Big 12? Lay in. Uh, Nate underscore Dunn says on Twitter, no, there are four different teams who are a better fit for the Big 12, in both athletics and geographically. Thanks for not mentioning academics. Colorado, Utah, <laughs> Arizona, Arizona State should be priorities one through four. I would say Oregon and Washington are one and two and remember, to Remember,
0: we're not saying should they choose them over those guys. We're assuming those guys aren't available.
4: Yeah, do you just – and to me, this isn't like first choice right now. It's right. like at some point would you want San Diego State in? They add more value in every aspect than bringing San Diego State. We need that nice beach spot, though, in the league. You know what I'm saying? We do. Everyone. That would be good. Off-season meetings. They don't necessarily (laughs) have to be in Dallas. They could be on the beach. Exactly. Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
0: Hey, our big party's coming up. Saturday, July 1st. Talked about it a moment ago. We'll participate with BYU Athletics to celebrate the Cougars joining the Big 12 Conference. Join the BYU Sports Nation Game Day crew. Uh, we'll have interviews with coaches and players live from the celebration July 1st from 5 to 7 Eastern Time on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the BYU TV app. And then we'll just kind of just pretend that Stadium of Fire is part of the party and we'll light up the night later on seeing at the Stadium. We'll be over there next stuff. You always do. That's awesome. It's man. a great
4: night. Okay, coming up, the Dominator, Brandon Doman, tells us about 2000 win at Utah, 2001 against Utah. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best
1: of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Cougar swimmer Josue Dominguez uh, reached a pinnacle in the sport that few athletes ever get to do. They get to go to the Olympics and represent their country. And he swam for the Dominican Republic in 2020. But as you'll see in today's Deep Blue, his journey into that Olympic pool was anything but easy.
5: When I get in the water, I stop hearing. I'm there alone with myself. It's my time of thinking, my time of uh, meditation. If things are not going well, it's very easy to, when you hit the water, it's like, that break of the things outside that you need to just recharge and, and keep going.
6: Lo llevamos a un doctor que es especialista en deportistas y él se sorprendió. Él dijo que Josué tiene todas las cosas para ser un nadador. Incluso él le dijo, Josué, tú eres un pez. El tener la, las plaquetas un poco bajas te p- permite que el oxígeno corra más rápido.
7: Muchas veces en mi trabajo no sé cómo no me despidieron con tantos permisos que tenía que pedir para ir a competencia, llevarlo a las diferentes cosas. Este, Josué es un ejemplo de, de ser un niño obediente. En el 2014 logró en el Mundial de Nanjing, en los Juegos Olímpicos Juveniles de Nanjing, logró quedar entre los 16 primeros, siendo el mejor nadador o la mejor participación de nadador o nadador alguno en esos juegos.
6: De salir al campo misional, en natación pensaron que mi esposo y yo estábamos forzando la situación con él, pero ya era una meta que él tenía, de que cuando le llegara el tiempo iba a salir a la misión. Y mucha gente pensó que Josué ya se había acabado su carrera de nadador. Pero Josué, confía en el Señor, se fue a la misión.
5: I knew that the Lord was going to help me for my decision and that it was the right decision to make. playing basketball, he tuvo una lesión de, de de ligamento
6: cruzado de la rodilla jugando baloncesto. Tuvo que venir al país Y ahí sí ellos pensaron que ya Josué no iba a nadar más.
5: In the plane back, I was just thinking, oh, everybody's just gonna tell me, we told you, don't go, and just start judging me and things like that. But the first thing I saw when I came home was my parents.
6: Se, de una vez nosotros agilizamos todas las cosas para que pudiera ser operado y duró cuatro meses aquí en el país. O sea, después de la cirugía todo el tiempo de terapia. Y ya los 4 meses José dijo, me tengo que ir a la misión. Terminó su misión, regresó y de una vez entonces empezó a llenar todos los papeles para para poder irse a estudiar a BYU.
5: I came back. I, I lost all my stamina. All my swimming muscles were almost gone and coming back to the pool was hard.
7: Como un milagro ese nadador pudo Después de 2 años fuera, retorna al país, empieza a nadar, empieza a hacer buenos
5: tiempos y luego becado en la universidad de Utah. It took me a long time. It took me months to be able to get even a little closer to what I was before. It's been because of uh, God's help and my family and my friends and coaches that I was able to come back from a mission and be even better than before.
8: We're here in Santo Domingo, the capital city of the Republica Dominicana.
7: Siempre esperamos cada año con mucho gozo porque son las los juegos nacionales donde los atletas vienen a la capital de la República Dominicana a competir para lograr hacer el tiempo para one de las comp- competencias internacionales bien importante de natación.
5: When I got to the pool in Santiago, there was this little um, poster saying like, welcome, Josue, uh, you are our pride. And I was like, oh, man, this, this is cool. And then I walked in and everybody was like, oh, look, that's Josue, that's the Olympian. And they're like, oh, Josue, I look up to you a lot. Like, I don't know, I just like, motivates me to keep going and be, keep being the, the motivation to those little kids that are growing up.
8: When we have swim camps here, he shows up, and everybody's like, there's the Olympian, and he'll take time to talk to them, and he'll tell them, I was slower than you are when I was your age, and you can do it if you want. So he's a great ambassador for the sport of swimming, not only in his
1: country, but even here
7: at BYU. Es un fajador, es un vencedor y nosotros tenemos total confianza de que él, como lo ha hecho más de una vez, va a poder ser Josué Dominguez un tremendo campeón dominicano.
8: In swim, he has had the drive and motivation to become an Olympian, to make these records, to make these national records and he has achieved those goals.
7: And por esa fe y obediencia a los convenio con el Señor, él ha logrado todo lo que ha logrado. Logró entrar a la viva Y que algo que era su sueño.
8: Hugh continue to achieve great goals because he is able to set his mind on something and stay on that path.
5: Without swimming, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. I feel the water and it's like something clicks. Being in the pool is something that I need. I enter the water and it's like I feel myself.
0: It is amazing the caliber of young people that, that come through here. And we get to know them as fans and as, even as broadcasters because they're in sports and, and we, we get to tell their stories. That's a fascinating story.
8: Yeah, it is. Um man, I, I wish him all the best and, and uh, perseverance. Um, whenever you're going through something, um, always, you know, helps out, um, giving up, you know, never does, never does work out. Um, but what an amazing story to um, have, you know, your, your country behind you and uh, the, the support. And like you said, I mean, BYU, we just produce really good athletes and people, but athletes, I call, I call them, I call them um, athletic students instead of student athletes. Um, so, I would be a non-athlete, <laughs> is that what you would call me? No, 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 <laughs> you're You're, no, you're athletic um, commentator. Speaking of the big time <laughs> with big athletes, we got it all coming. Jerem Jordan, David Nixon, Kristen Kos- Koslowski, and Tyler Halls will sit down to discuss the challenges and excitement surrounding BYU's move to the Big 12 on July 1st. It's a Big 12 roundtable on Monday, June 26th at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It's
0: gonna be good. Coming up next, our best win bracket battle continues. Yesterday's game pretty one-sided. Today's matchup, a much different story. How is he still open after all these years? The great Johnny Harleen. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio.
0: Well, I had this shirt on for a reason uh, after the show. I'll take it off. Uh, The United States Women's National Soccer Team roster was released this morning. Former Cougar star Ashley Hatch left off of it.
4: Should she have been on it? Yes. I, I thought she was going to make. We wanted it. There, to be on. There but was some notable she be there? injuries to a couple of forwards that made it so we thought she was going to be picked. She was not. I, I bet you she was first off with the forwards. Thank you. Which is just a bummer. She would have become the first Cougar in a World Cup roster. I'm going to keep the shirt on after. Well, because, because I'm America for rules. Team USA and America yeah. rules. Yeah. But dang
0: it. Is this it for her? Was this her
4: one shot at the, a World Cup? Maybe she's available in the next one, but. Ah, it's tough four years four it's years, four years is a long time hopefully she's got another show Allie, let's try and rebound from this uh hancock schneeman <laughs> named new softball assistant coach she played for the cougars from 2016 to 19 was an assistant at utah valley in 21 22. she's married to daniel schneeman who plays for the columbus clippers of the guardians triple a affiliate who had a hit last night as well he's playing great absolutely he's got a chance to get in the show
0: he's crushing it. right uh, pff released their elo ratings for all FBS teams this morning, with BYU being ranked 53rd, which ranks in 10th among Big 12 teams and last among the new Big 12 teams. What do you think of that?
4: Uh, I don't like it, but uh, we just don't know what how tough the Big 12 is going to be. You know, going into next year, we're gonna we're gonna exaggerate whatever happens. If if it goes great, we're gonna think, oh, BYU's ready, like they're good. It's like, yeah. well. Every year is going to be hard regardless of how good you are.
0: We just know when Texas and Oklahoma leave, there's an opportunity to change the entire dynamic. There's an opening, yeah. And an opening for BYU to go
4: Absolutely. Okay, those are today's headlines. Now let's whip it. The Google Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. NFL.com
0: wrote an article about Taysom Hill yesterday highlighting an increased role, catching passes as the tight end. Do you care how he's used in the Saints offense?
4: No, just as long as he's used, because when he's used, he's effective. And sometimes that's quarterback in the red zone. And we're going to see some RPO with Schmolle, which is going to be really fun. Once they get inside the 10, that's going to happen. He's so tough to stop. Um, But yeah, if they so they talked about, yeah, throwing more to him. That's a more foreign concept to him. Him running or passing is totally in his wheelhouse, but he's getting a lot of reps throwing or uh, catching the ball. The, the signing of uh, Derek Carr certainly changes the dynamic there.
0: Yeah. And a linebacker, still games a
4: linebacker is going to have a hard time defending Taysom downfield. Can't hang with his speed, his
0: quickness. He was on my fantasy team for a little bit last year, so I'm a for being utilized in any way <laughs> yeah, possible.
4: Absolutely. But when he's running 60 yards for a touchdown, everybody wins. Okay, what's the greatest play with a nickname in BYU football history? We saw this uh, somewhere else and we thought, what, what is it for BYU football? Well, let's, let's run down some of them. There's the
0: uh, manga Miracle at Nebraska. Um, Lavelle's last miracle. I don't know what if there was a, a nickname for that win at Utah in his last hurrah that, that Brandon Doman talked to us about the other day. Miracle ball, that's an easy one. That's the one. Remember, we all got glasses, Miracle ball glasses. My grandma juice, had that glass growing up, dude, <laughs> it wore tastes warm. better in down. those glasses. Yes, the orange juice was sweeter. Oh, yeah. Back to Harleen's kind of its own thing. It just takes you immediately to that spot. In that game, I don't know if it's a nickname. That's but it's a just description a definer. of players. Yeah. Um, there was the finish at Tennessee with with uh, Mike Micah Micah Simon. Miracle. And Micah miracle.
4: We just like miracle in the names of stuff, I guess. But how about the Doink? The Doink's pretty good. How Ninety-eight at Utah. The Doink. Kenoshiro misses. I'm in the Utah student section with my BYU loving Ute student uncle, <laughs> Connell, and he, uh, who lives in El Paso by the way, huge BYU fan. And he he said uh, I couldn't see the kick. And everyone cheered because Utah was, ah! And BYU fans were, yay! And so I said, what happened? He's like, he missed it. I was sitting in the car in the Fred Meyer parking
0: lot. Fred Meyer? <laughs> in Vegas? No, in Orem. Oh, it's in the, Orem. It's where Vasa, the gym, is now yeah. up there. And I wasn't about to go in the store because the game was on. My, I don't even know how I got roped to go in the store. I'm listening to Paul James on the radio. It's a chip shot field goal. So I, I remember bracing myself for the ultimate disappointment of losing to the Utes. And then, This happened. The Doink, and the Doink is so loud. You can go on YouTube and just hear it. (laughs) It's, there's something so hollow and painful about it for the Utes in their stadium. And I just remember sitting in the
4: car going, oh, this is the greatest day of my life. And it was on the Deuce. And remember that ESPN2 logo was like, yeah, it was like (laughs) X Games was their brand. It was fun. The Doink.
0: Big Game Boomer ranked BYU fans as the fourth most passionate college football fan base in the Big 12. Yep. Too high, too low? What do you think?
4: Well, he has Texas at ninth. (laughs) Texas is number one. (laughs) And there are 100,000 fans? In this list. Oh, it's like everybody in Texas almost. I I would think that BYU's top four. I agree with that. I think BYU, obviously, in our super biased opinion, has a very uh, passionate fan base. Um, Yeah, I would put them up there in the Big 12. They're the most sober fan
0: base in the Big 12. Number one. Uh, We're going to learn a lot about it with our BYU Game Day experience. The The soberness? With teams coming and just the league and, and oh, passion. oh okay uh, and and road games are going to be interesting and uh, we have no idea what it's like to play in morgantown we're going to find out and maybe it'll be the most frightening experience of our lives or maybe we like you know what wait till you guys come to our place the following year um the cool thing is it's a league that's psyched about being in it and so everywhere we go including kansas in the opener should be off the charts.
4: Yeah, I, th- I think it's gonna—it's a great fit. It's gonna be awesome. Okay, there's a trend on Twitter right now where you have 100 points to assign between your favorite sports teams based on how much you cheer for them, like them, whatever. So what? What? How are your 100 points of? Let's go non BYU divided, Dave. So is that like 100 runs for the Cubs? Is that is that how you want to do That's it? That's exactly how I do it. No, nobody else
0: just go. No, I just go. I just pour it all on 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 the Cubs and. And, and give them 100 runs, boy, we'd, we'd, I think we'd be in first place. You'd be like the Reds or Giants right now, <laughs> uh, who have won 10 and 9 in a row. Hey, Michael Rucker would appreciate if we yes. just said, hey, here's 100 runs. You know, enjoy that in the bullpen because
4: yes. you're going to be in ahead. And then you have zero earned runs. Uh, I, a, I tried to break my down. I go 30% Mariners, 25% Seahawks, 20% USA Soccer, 20% Chelsea, and then I've got some Jazz and Blazers. So you got there. more teams than I got. i got more teams. i got... More mouths to feed. I just, I don't know, the one budget, you will. here it
0: is, there it goes. <laughs> and we'll see the Cubs back in the series. They join BYU football head coach Kalani Sataki and student-athlete speakers Tyler Batty, Whitney Bauer, Olivia Katoa, and Chase Roberts. It's a unique and special BYU Athletics devotional. It's at the Marriott Center. Nice! Sunday nights. You can get there in person. Or you can watch it live on BYU TV at 8 o'clock
4: Eastern Time. Olivia I love Cateau the idea. We do more of it. Yeah. Was Olivia Wade. She got married. So that's who that is, if you're wondering who that is.
1: The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week
4: here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYUSN, what's the most revealing month of games on the Cougar football schedule? Plus, how
0: about this matchup? 1984 Holiday Bowl against Michigan. Against the 2009 win over Oklahoma, they face off in the best BYU football wins bracket And Robbie Bosco joins us to weigh in. I'm sure he's got an unbiased opinion on that one.
4: Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, June 21st. I am Jerem Jordan alongside gummy worm fan Dave McCann. Have you seen this? Old Dominion, or,
0: or it's Oral Roberts. They're in the College World Series. Yes. And when a kid gets a hit, he gets to first base, and the coach gives him a gummy worm. And, like, feeds it to him. Just and, like, <laughs> and feeds it to him. that just sounds I,
4: so that sounds wrong yeah it's it's, it's fun I, I guess uh, softball uh, has did this for a long time I don't I don't know if they're still doing it but you get to first base you get handed some candy what do you want that's kind of fun you get a hit what do you want to get at first base it's got to be sugar I, I need that, you know, little extra to get me to second maybe on a stolen base. I'd like a small plate of nachos, maybe a drink, <laughs> that, you know? With an extra thing of nachos? <laughs> the cheese is never the right amount, right? you got to eat faster because the pitcher's on a clock now. Can you imagine right? like a paper plate of this a Just, <laughs> just stuff. a little like, snack. What are you doing over there? Maybe Pay attention. A, maybe a small buffet so you have a sampler. <laughs> I don't know. A little but. piece of cougar tail, like tiny little, you know, sample size. Hey, Oral Roberts is a great
0: story. I don't even know how they got to where they Bob are. Bob Roberts
4: doing work here.
0: Man, yeah. so you watch? They get to first base. They get a gummy worm. How about that? Congratulations! I don't know what happens at home. You get
4: a cash. payment. You know. <laughs> well, nil. No, but yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, the on base percentage uh, super high this year. As they bowed out yesterday in the tournament, yeah, so they need more. Right. need out. more candy. Two Thanks. TCU, Big 12 school, so we're kind of proud of that. TCU's so. not doing gummy worms. They're like, we no. expect our guys to get it. They're doing race. straight. Uh, this is your assignment. Let's yeah.
0: go. Yeah, Whatever motivation you need. You know. We'll see at home. BYU's going to have a eye-opening experience in baseball next next spring. It's going to be a lot of fun.
4: Just we, we we saw TCU. They were good in yeah. the league in the Mountain West, man.
0: Hey, on today's show, national champion quarterback Robbie Bosco is going to be here in studio. we got a lot to talk to him about, including Keaton Slovis. And the best win bracket, we'll talk to him about the 1984 Michigan versus 2009 Oklahoma. Things are starting to tighten up as these matchups become huge. We're going to rank the passion of BYU's fan base in the Big 12. Somebody's done it. We'll see if they're on the money. Plus, a report on how the Saints plan to use Peyton or. Uh, Taysom Hill in their offense this season a little differently than in years past when he's played every position.
4: Yeah, we'll we'll uh, see how he's used. We'll talk about it. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending.
8: <laughs> Touchdown to Cody Win 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 win.
1: Kobe we play for the win 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 win. Hey. JT yeah. Sanders. We play-
4: Hopefully there's at least six of those win-win-wins. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Okay, this fall, BYU football embarks on three important months in its first season in the Big 12. We will learn a lot. So, Dave, what is the most revealing month of games on BYU's schedule? Well, first of all, it's
0: the great month of June, which gives us opportunities to dive into these kind of topics and expand on them because when you start thinking about it, you know, There's September, there's October, there's November, which is the most revealing. I'm going to go to November. Here's why. Uh, Since BYU became an independent, November's been a very tough month. And when they've gone to a bowl game, with the exception of maybe the Boca Raton Bowl in 2020, they're so far from full strength. And in that 2020 year, they didn't play any P5s. Uh, So here they come into a season where they're playing 10. They're going to play six before they get to November, and then they've got four straight weeks. And in November, you've got uh, West Virginia, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. There are sexier games in October, for sure. Um, But November is the revealer of where we are as a program. How deep is the roster? Can they be healthy coming out of Oklahoma State and march into a bowl game at full strength? That's... That's where you want to be, right? One, you want to be in a big bowl game, and you want to go there with your starters, healthy and getting after it. Uh, So November to me is the revealer of where are we at? Is BYU going to be able to compete in the Big 12 sooner than expected, or is the reality, okay, we have seriously got to get deep. They've tried to get deep this this last year,
4: and we believe they are. November is the revealer for me. What about you? Can I say January for a big-time <laughs> bowl game? I, I wish. Uh, define full strength because I, I don't think in football you there's, like, any way you get to full strength. So is it like? S- starting quarterback. The starting quarterback is
0: still good. Starting running back. Best receiver. Okay. Uh, guys who didn't play in the bowl game uh, at, at,
4: in the New Mexico You know all bowl. the names of the starters <laughs> in the bowl game probably. <laughs> guys,
0: guys that go, this is our team as opposed yeah. to, um, okay, you know what, let's move this uh, four-string quarterback. It's going to start now. Don't throw any passes. Yeah. Just run, uh, or, or just go back to where. Winston's last time ex- outside of Zach Wilson? It's been a long time where the starter has marched in into the postseason healthy. Jaren uh, Hall never played in a bowl game. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah, not fun fact. So, and, and you know what? It's we get beat up early, uh, and that's why I went to November. Like, what are we still standing in November health wise? And can we get to the point where if we are going to play in a big bowl? you got to take your team to the big ball. Yeah. And, and and compete and now you're at the elite level. And the elite level has healthy players or at least depth where one can replace another
4: one. Yes. So if you didn't get to, you know, full strength there, but the backups are good enough to sort of sustain close to the same standard, maybe 75-80% or something. That would be good too. Okay, I go with September. I think that will reveal how good BYU needs to be in the back seven because I think if BYU can start fast, in the final seven, they don't have to be as good when it's tougher, right? So obviously you need to come out of the gates 2-0 against Sam Houston in Southern Utah. At Arkansas, that's a, that's a penciled loss. It's not in Sharpie, but if BYU goes down there and wins, listen, that changes the whole dynamic of the season, sure right? Can't, at Kansas, is a tough game. That was a terrible defense, an excellent offense. That, that could be a shootout. Cincinnati at home, I've said it. There's no way BYU is losing this game. There will be too much juice there. The hope is you go 4-1. and one, You're out of the gates like that. And then you only really need two wins, the final seven. The pressure's off in the bowl game pursuit there, which is the minimum threshold this year. But if you start 4-1, and one, we're going to start to talk about 8-9 and nine and maybe even 10 wins this season. But don't be deceived. It's a very tough schedule. It's going to be difficult. The beat-up factor is real. I argued early in Independence. I was like... BYU is getting injured more early because of how tough these games are. I can't really quantify it very well. But David Nixon one time said that Lance Reynolds told him about, you know, 09, he's like, oh, man, Oklahoma and Florida State, we're going to be battered after September. And he was right. Yeah. Like, that, as good as that team was, they go 11-2. They're awesome. We're going to talk about Oklahoma coming up later. That team got beat up. BYU has to be able to sustain itself in a different way than it has in years past. They have a new strength and conditioning coach. They're not going to do as many squats for positions that maybe don't need it, like quarterback and whatnot. It's, I talked to one player yesterday who told me, I wasn't very sore in the past. Like, the same muscles were getting used, but they were getting strong. He said, it's full body right now. Like, I, we use different muscle groups all the time. He said, I feel well-rounded. He wasn't dogging on the previous thing, but he was just saying, I'm more sore than I was before now. So hopefully BYU and that... That sort of soreness in June reveals that, hey, in October and November, BYU hopefully can sustain some level of minimum injury stuff. Certain ones happen no matter what. But Brian Logan told us a couple weeks ago, there are certain injuries that you can prevent. Like, if if he said, listen, if there are two uh, pulling offensive linemen in a play, I'm not going to take them straight on. They're going to crush me. I'm going to get at their knees, right? I'm going to block them so someone else can come make the play. There are these moments... They're harder to define, but I think if BYU comes out strong, at least three and two. Then you can go three and four in the back seven, because October is tough too. Like yeah. we didn't mention October. October isn't the most revealing to either of us, but it is the toughest. You get a bye week, which is well placed, by the way. We should win that. <laughs> BYU goes one and zero in the bye week. Um, at TCU, they they return only half their starters from last year. Okay, different squad, obviously, but a lot of talent. Texas Tech finished in fourth in the Big 12. I think that's a thing that we forget. Texas Tech was better than you think last year. That's at home. Um, you know, Maybe we can get Patrick Mahomes to that game. And then you have at Texas, right. a place that BYU certainly won, but I don't, I don't think Keaton Slovis is sitting there going, guys, we won here in 14. We can do it we again. We can do like, it again.
0: Yeah, Taysom Hill's <laughs> not coming in that. Not coming through that door. I wish
4: the Saints bye week was that week. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw Taysom a couple weeks ago. We were like, dude, what if you ran the flag out on that one? That would be awesome. That man. would be awesome. <laughs> I, you
0: know, the physicality is, is so much greater. BYU's never seen this kind, right? Yep. Uh, they played seven P5s uh, two years ago. Uh, went 6-1, and one, right? Um, but they went back-to-back. Uh, they were scattered about and and usc was the one where we didn't see hall again after the usc win we had other guys banged up after the usc thanksgiving weekend win they we weren't around for the bowl game um the physicality and and I, that's why i went to november for the revealer of did we make it you're uh, gonna have to qualify in november for a bowl game i think right and 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 september is huge because uh, do we have it do we have it did we make it and then you got like uh you know October is like the middle of a ding-dong. It's like, well, everyone wants to play Texas. What's Texas going to have? You know, is Arch Manning going to be playing because the other guys hurt by then? Because they, too, have the same. Everyone's got that same kind of schedule. We just know that those guys have done it before. Um, and we're just as curious as, as heck because it's hurt us through independence. We still want those games, but it's hurt us. Uh, every month's intriguing. The start and the finish, hey, those are, those are easy pickings.
4: The hope is that in October you can get a win. Like I'd take one and two out of those three. If you go zero and three, you better hope for a good start, good finish. Yeah. Because if you go three and two in 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 September and you don't win one in October, you've got to go three and one to make a bowl game in November, and that's a tough slate with the biggest, the longest road trip you've got of the season. You got to beat Iowa State at home, Oklahoma at home, at Oklahoma State. There's no Idaho well, States in there. Welcome to Power 5 football. There's no BYU TV game on a Saturday at 1 p.m. in November anymore, <laughs> no, right? That no, game, not. That game does not exist. It's on ESPN+. Okay, but this we know, sitting on June 21st, that the Big 12 is right around the corner.
1: Countdown to the Big 12.
4: Ten days away. Will you sing with me one day? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. If I know it's coming, I might even join you. <laughs> I didn't know you guys still sang that. We still so. sing it. You know, we get a little chorus. Yeah, we didn't sing it yesterday because you were gone. Me and
4: Bilo. Yeah. we just B-Lo's got up our the monotone, but he goes after it. I appreciate that. <laughs> ten our, days. Our question, of, yeah, ten days, and we got a uh, we got a big show on July first as well coming up. Our question of the day is this: What is the most revealing month of games on BYU's football schedule? Linda Murray on Instagram: September. Those games will show how we can handle the schedule. Five games with travel to Arkansas uh, and Kansas, by the way. Hopefully coming out with some big wins to head into a tough October against Texas teams. Yeah, it is the Texas month. Yeah. Brian Buss on Twitter. Most revealing is October, road games at TCU in Texas, but most important is September. BYU I think has to start 4 and 1. They want to be pretty assured of a bowl game. A 1 and 2 October and 1 and 3 November are quite possible. That back seven's brutal. I I think the first five, and like as good as Kansas is, it's like that's one of the more winnable Big 12 games, so get after it. The beauty of being in a conference
0: is everyone's schedule is brutal, right? We're looking at ours. That's brutal for us. No one has a cakewalk. Not alone. Those last seven are going to be tough for everybody, Yep. and uh, there's room for some air, but there's got to be opportunities for really big performances.
4: Okay, it's time for our best BYU football wins bracket. In case you missed it, we've seeded the top 16 wins in BYU football history as we see them. We let you decide on Twitter by voting each day, represent the matchup of the day, uh, discuss it, and then you can go to BOA Sports Nation's Twitter account to vote on that matchup.
0: Then the next day we show the results, the winner moves on, um, and then we introduce the next matchup of the day. Robbie Bosco walked in. That's not going to intimidate us. Uh, in how we discuss get scared the, the matchup coming up. Yesterday, we had an interesting one, the four-seed uh, 2006 Utah, the five-seed 1996 Cotton Bowl of Kansas State. Moving on to the second round with a 52% of the vote.
4: 52!
0: That almost close enough to demand a recount. Wow! But it is Back to Harleen, 2006,
4: moving on. Oh my, that was closer than I thought. I thought Beck to Harleen would be surely through. It was close. Getting to fight through the emotion of Beck to Harleen to realize that New Year's
0: Day, Cotton Bowl, CBS, Big 12 opponent, and a victory.
4: That's that's why it was close. One it could, could have argue, gone either way. I would have been actually okay if Kansas State had had, had one that. Oh, I would not yet. back to the Harlan's got to go through. <laughs> that I mean, January first though. Like you could argue that's the biggest bowl game BYU's ever absolutely. won. Absolutely, absolutely. And if they get to the Pop Tarts Bowl this year, <laughs> the Pop Tarts Bowl will pay out like <laughs> seven be the million most, more be than the, the Cotton That'll be the most money <laughs> plus inflation. That's some Pop Tart. Okay, it's it's time for a matchup of the day.
0: Here we go! It's like a title fight in Vegas, our matchup's a doozy. We've got a couple of big brands, the two seed in our bracket, the 1984 Michigan game, taking on the seven seed, the 2009 Oklahoma game, and we start with the 1984 Holiday Bowl against the Wolverines. Cougars enter the game 12-0, ranked number one in the country, turned the ball over six times and trailed 17-10 in the fourth quarter. Robbie Bosco to Glenn Kozlowski in one of the greatest catches of all time. And then later he's moving up in the pocket. Kelly Smith's open in the end zone. And BYU goes up 24-17. Marv Allen seals the game with an interception. Jim Harbaugh was heard over on the sideline watching it all. The Cougars win it 24-7, finish 13-0. And the football program's only national championship. And what I still remember when the paper came out. Remember when we got papers? And it said BYU number one as a young kid watching that. We were at the game, the McCanns, and uh, what a moment. Overcoming some obstacles with those turnovers and beating Michigan to stay undefeated and win the title.
4: We've seen that 90 Miami and 84 holiday. BYU with a ton of turnovers in both games. Overcame them, overcame them. 2009 Oklahoma is the seven seed. Number 20 BYU, number three Oklahoma at Jerry's World. First college football game in that stadium. Oklahoma has the reigning Heisman winner Sam Bradford, a quarterback early touchdown to Andrew George later Colby Claussen hits Sam Bradford separating his AC joint knocking him out of the game Landry Jones comes in there goes Bradford Max had a huge fourth down conversion to Dennis Pitta Pitta of course his helmet probably came off in that one later McKay Jacobson in the back of the end zone I've told the story I'll tell it again that summer before McKay had called Max and said, I'm open in the end zone. He caught the ball within feet of where he made that phone call. That summer, BYU wins 14-13. Goes all the way up to number nine in the AP poll. And that team finished 11-2. They were awesome. Go
0: vote on Twitter today. One of the big differences, that game was on ESPN in primetime. And the BYU-Michigan game, I believe, was still on the Mislu network in 84. Whatever that is. So uh those who wanted to see it saw it the Oklahoma game everyone saw it because it was so easy to find on tv
4: that was that was fun on university avenue in 800 north i was part of like 300 students that would just run into the middle during a certain red light and then run back and it was like what do we impromptu party at the stadium. It was awesome. Speaking of big parties, we got one coming
0: up July 1st just around the corner as BYU joins the Big 12 on that day. Our BYU Sports Nation game day crew will be live from 3 to 5 Mountain Time 5 to 7 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio and the BYU TV app will be right there behind the student athletic building on the fields. Players, fans, a celebration of BYU being officially invited to the Big 12 on July 1st on BYU TV.
4: Robbie Bosco weighs in on the best win bracket coming up after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. Think he's got an opinion on that? hmm.
1: This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. <laughs> Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation.
0: Oh yeah, we're live in Studio B on this Thursday, your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, BYU Sports Nation, Dave McCann alongside Brian Logan, Brian Jensen, another Brian on the show, is in his 24th season as the play-by-play voice of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. He joins us from
2: Lubbock this morning. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Actually, I'm joining you from Dallas, which is where I live, but close enough. It's in the same states. We
0: were, we were same close. State. Well, welcome right. from Dallas. We'll be in Dallas here in a couple of weeks for the Big 12 meeting. So 24 seasons. Which of all the legendary play-by-play announcers have had the biggest impact on how you call a game?
2: Uh, Vern Lundquist, actually. Um, he was a, a, a television sports broadcaster in Dallas when I was growing up and then he called uh, called the cowboy games for a while and went on to cbs and did the sec as you know and uh, got to know him a little bit and his style and and the way that he uh prepared was something that i always you know emulated and and followed and and hope to one day at least be able to say that um i did a little bit just a little bit of um, some of the things that have made him such a great great announcer
0: Great football voice, but I think his golf voice is the best when he can just, you know, Absolutely. talk down low and the birds turn the background. And, and he, I think he's on the 16th hole or 17th hole in Augusta yes. every year. 16. Yeah, yes. Vern Lundquist.
8: Um, Brian, you know, I, I feel the same way about Uncle Dave here as far as, you know, being most influential for me. So everything that you said, I just want to echo for, for him. <laughs> thank you, Philo. <laughs> so thank you for setting that up for me, uh, Brian. But... Um, moving into, into the Big 12 conference, this is obviously an exciting time for us as fans um, and uh, a long time coming. Um, how, how do you guys feel about BYU joining the Big 12?
2: Well, I think it's great. I think of all the schools and teams that are coming into the Big 12, BYU is number one on the list. Uh, the national name, obviously, the, the great history, traditions, the uh, the beauty of the stadium out there. I mean, there are just so many things that Um, I'm looking forward to and I know many others are to have BYU in the Big 12. So uh, I just I I think of all again, of all of them, um, of the four coming in, uh, I don't think there's any question that BYU has jazzed people more than the other three. No offense to the other three. I'm sure uh, it'll be great having them in as well. But BYU is the one.
0: There are a couple of things that Cougars and Red Raiders share in common. Uh, number one is Mike Leach. He graduated from BYU in 1983. Uh, he's going to go into the Red Raiders Hall of Fame this fall for what he did with football. What, how important was Mike to the game of football, not just in Lubbock, but, but everywhere now in college football?
2: Well, you know, he, was, he was huge in the game. I had the fortune of coming in to when I started my play-by-play was the year he started as head coach at Tech. And brought Air Raid, which was relatively new to college football. And the way he played it and the way he put it together, and the fact that he recruited athletes that were not four or five star, he didn't care about the stars. He cared about whether they would fit into his system, which was, again, one of the first times you really saw that in college football. Um, he actually, in my opinion, changed college football more than just about any coach you might look back at the Barry Switzer days you might look back at the the wishbone days and think maybe that was that was the time maybe the era Paresian days but I think Mike leach is right up there too because look now at not only all of the college football, teams that are trying to throw the ball as much and go with a fast pace as much as they are now. But look at the seven-on-seven seven and all of the the skill position guys now in high school football and all the high school teams that are playing that way. Um, I think his his coaching and the way he brought things about it and the coaching tree that he has that has gone on to, uh, to coach in college football had huge impact. I think you could take it all to the NFL as well where it's less yeah. about running
0: and more about trying to score 48 points uh, and, and outscore the other guys. Who was uh, most impactful at Texas Tech, Mike Leach or Bobby Knight for basketball?
2: <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, impactful. So uh, Bob Knight really put Tech on the map as far as basketball was concerned. Tech had had some good seasons, had t- had some runs, but they hadn't landed somebody like, like a Bob Knight. Mike Leach was an unknown when he started, really, at Tech. And so the way he grew at Tech and the fact that he, um, again, putting a stamp on college football really did it while he was at Tech. Um, he brought in a lot of celebrities that that we never had that kind of attention before. So I would say that it's a very close, very close race. I'm the football play-by-play guy, although I did television Basketball play-by-play for Knight's television network at Tech, so I'm torn. I- <laughs> That's a tough question. Two I'm legendary torn. coaches. Yeah, uh,
8: I thought you were going to say, uh, you know, leech because of BYU and the, and the ties, and you know, get a little bit of extra, fan, you know, followers well, and.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell how well I play politics, uh, the fact that we <laughs> were suspended two years ago because uh, we apparently got on the refs a little bit too hard and the, the commissioner suspended us for a game. Whoa, interesting.
8: You know, your street cred went way up,
0: because <laughs> right. you know the fans yes, were saying the same <laughs> <thing. Yep. laughs>
2: Absolutely.
8: Absolutely. Um, Ryan, another unique tie is um, Lloyd Hill, who is in the Texas Tech Hall of Fame, and um, his son Keanu, um, who's one of BYU's best receivers. Um, how good was, was Lloyd when he played?
2: Well, he was great. He was um, the second um, All-American, first-team All-American for Tech uh, as a receiver, first 1,000-yard receiver, and that was in a day with Spike Dykes as head coach, and, um, you know, it was more of a, what is it, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust or whatever the, the phrase was. I mean, he was uh, more, more, his thought process was more behind running the football much, much more throwing it when you needed to more than throwing it and then running it when you needed to like it is today so with that in mind i mean lloyd was he he was fantastic and and one of the greats uh when you start looking at you know the history of tech and the michael crabtree's now and the wes welkers and the danny Amendolas, um those receivers you know all followed the the greatness of lloyd hill lloyd's going to be on our pregame show uh October twenty-first
0: uh, here in Provo, um, and it'll be the first time his son takes on the Red Raiders. What kind of day is that going to be for Lloyd? Do you, is he going to wear a Texas Tech shirt, or does he come in with blue?
2: He'll probably have one of those that split right down the middle, you know, with red on one side, blue on the other. At least if he's into politics, he will. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a. It'll be a huge day for him. It'll be a great day for him. Um, the fact that he's, you know, so so well known and well liked by Red Raider fans um, and obviously with his son at, at BYU, it'll I would imagine it's going to be a day where he's going to be a little bit torn. But typically you go with the blood. Right. So I'm sure he'll really be proud with whatever his son does on the field that night. And um, it'll be exciting for him. You
8: know, Utah is, is BYU's biggest rival. And I, I I I thought this this question to myself, um, if my son Grew up and played for Utah, um, and he played against BYU. I still wouldn't wear it. I would wear. I would, I would, I would support him. No, I don't believe that for a second. No, nope, nope. Come on. Mm-mm. I, would, I would, look. Look here, son. This it's
2: not personal. It's not personal at all. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah, but you gotta also realize we don't have the rivalry yet. Okay, maybe one day, if his son had gone to Texas, be different, huh? I would be. I now I will say though, you know, Trey Young, his his. Father was a Red Raider, a great one. And Trey Young played basketball at OU, and I recall seeing Trey's dad um, in the stands, and I don't believe he was wearing our red. So, <laughs> you know, I think Roy, it does go to the blood. Roy
0: Williams is going to have that same challenge. He's Keanu's yep. uncle, and uh, he told me he wears his BYU shirts around uh, around Texas because he's proud of his nephew. But there, his nephew is going to come to memorial stadium uh, the week after the texas tech game and then he'll have to deal with that dilemma as well
2: and i love that you picked that would be the one that you would like to see uh sure win so would i i'd love for you guys to <laughs> go down there and knock them off before we head down there does
0: everybody in the league uh and i'm like it hates a strong word but i'm using it anyway do they just hate texas <laughs> even though texas hasn't won the league forever is that still the standard bear
2: absolutely it, it Texas, and it used to be an A&M, because they're the two big-dollar universities in Texas, and they walk that walk, okay? Well, let me rephrase that. They talk that talk. Um, And so, yeah, I think um, you ask anybody in the Big 12, what's the one team that you would love to knock off and put them in their place? It's Texas. So when Texas
0: and Oklahoma leave after next season, who becomes the top dog? Or is every year going to be, uh, like Lavelle Edwards' favorite phrase, a crapshoot as to who's going
2: to win it? That's a, that is so um, interesting to, to see what's going to happen. Um, I think you're going to see a little bit of parity at first, but it is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for a school, a team, to kind of jump in there and, and take over at this time. You're seeing recruiting battles right now at a little different level, I think, than you've even seen before in the Big 12, not going up against the Texas and the OUs, but up against everybody else in the race to try to see who can get the, the best team put together for those first couple of years of the Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma. And the team that, uh, or the teams that jump up there, um, we're going to have a head start on keeping that recruiting battle going. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see which ones they are. We certainly obviously hope that tech is in that conversation. Expect them to be. TCU probably believes that they are, especially now having gone to the national championship game last year. Um, Kansas State is a team that uh, is always, you know, up there in the Big Twelve, even with Texas and Oklahoma and with BYU coming in, and uh, you know some of the others. It's it's going to be really cool to watch that. I think that's going to be one of the most fun things about the new Big Twelve. So, so Brian, with the the preseason conference polls. Um, being released here in a couple of weeks, where do you see Texas Techs um, falling in at? Well, this is this is going to sound a little bit um, like uh, you know sour grapes, but Tech rarely gets um, very good, very good attention in polls in preseason polls. I would think that we would be top third uh, with the recruiting that we've had and with the players coming back with a quarterback that is eight and one as a starter. 8 and 0 as a starter when he finishes games um, and and a super senior I think uh you know with Tyler Shuck leading the way with our receiving core um, the defense coming back the n- the number of players that are coming back I just really think that tech should be in that top third but I would I would probably think that the poll will probably put him at about middle of the pack or just below because that's typically what they do
0: Brian Jensen play-by-play voice of the Red Raiders on BYU Sports Nation Uh, Conference expansion is a conversation that just won't seem to go away. Uh, Do you think before the end of the summer, the Big 12 will have a couple of new members? And what do you forecast for the Pac-12? Wow.
2: Before the end of the summer? I don't think before the end of the summer. um, But I do think within the next six months or so, I think there will be a little bit more expansion in the Big 12. I do think that uh, the Pac-12 is going to get raided um, and I wouldn't think that they'd be able to survive it. But um, it has been really uh, strange, as you well know, strange couple of years in the way things are shuffling around and it isn't over yet. So, um, gosh, if if I could throw a, a dart and, and hit the right answer, I think it would be more coming in the next six months. But I don't know about the Pac-12. Texas Tech's coming in the next handful of months,
0: October 21st. What are you looking most forward to coming to Provo?
2: Well, I'm um, really looking forward to the stadium, seeing the, the. Uh, you know, I've seen it on television so many times and it looks just fantastic, beautiful. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the area. I've never been to, to Provo and um, have been to Salt Lake, but uh, really looking forward to walking around campus and, you know, finding out what some of your best places to have a Friday night meal are because, again, as you know, that's kind of the thing when you're on the road is the crew likes to get together and find a, a nice local place that uh, we can we can enjoy and tell everybody about when we get home. And just remember, the altitude sometimes
0: affects the players on the field. You'll be sitting a lot higher than the players on the field, so you need to pace yourself for the full four quarters uh, here in the Rocky Mountains. But we sure uh, welcome you here. We look forward to meeting you, and, and we thank you for, uh, for your time this morning. And we'll see you in Dallas here in a few weeks.
2: I think I'll, I'll sleep in an oxygen
0: chamber before I get there. But thank you. It's been fun. Brian Jensen, voice of the Red Raiders, thank you. And we'll see you down the road. There was some great insight uh, from a guy who's been in the Big 12 for so long uh, to kind of Cast a little bit of, of, of what BYU's getting into. And once he started dropping names and, uh, of the Red Raiders, they're going to be very tough to beat this year.
8: Yeah, um, when he was, was going over just some of those, the, the stats and the storylines of the returners and the, uh, the quarterback going 80-0, I got a little nervous. A, little, a lot of bit nervous, she actually. you nervous every week. I, I, got a little, right? I got more nervous than 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 I than what I was, but um, what I'm not nervous for is the Y Awards. Yeah. Uh, you can join us as we honor the best and brightest within BYU Athletics. Over the last year, you can watch or listen tomorrow at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. NFL Draft is
0: tonight. Danny Ainge was drafted 42 years ago by the Boston Celtics. What was he doing when he got the call? This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
0: BYU Sports Nation's On Demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast.
4: Please subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day. What's the most revealing month of games on BYU's football schedule? Our Elite Voice of the Day is presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. Jim Roberts, MN on Twitter. November. Cougar Nation has been waiting 12 years for a schedule in November like that. We have waited patiently for that kind of schedule. And and like it or not, it's coming and it's going to reveal a lot. Let's go. Today's Rise and Shadow, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Women's basketball continues to recruit a super high-level top 50 ESPN-rated players coming in here in the next couple of years.
0: I think of that Vincent Van Gogh painting, Starry,
4: Starry Night. There's stars all over that program. Four more after last night. They had a Van Gogh exhibition come like two years ago to Salt Lake. It was great. It was <laughs> all right, thanks to today's guest, Robbie Bosco, speaking of stars. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand at BYUSN.com. He wasn't throwing this away, we know. Sorry to Dennis, we ran out of time. For Dave, I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Jimmy Balderson. Go Cougs. Did you know BYU won the national championship in 84? Awesome.
1: Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation.
8: Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok.
4: Follow us all Thursday.
8: Snapchat. Maybe maybe it was... Snapchat, maybe Pinterest, um, you get some I, think, recipes. I think, well, well, I think, um, voting would be a little bit different. It just mine.
0: <laughs> Brian Logan, Dave McCann, Studio B, it's good to have you with us. Let's get to some headlines.
8: BYU women's basketball was ranked as having the 12th best transfer portal class in college basketball according to 24-7 Sports. Number 12. BYU was ranked first among Big 12 teams. That's number one. That's right. They're doing a great job. We'll have more on that
0: in the whip. Big 12 announcing today that BYU men's basketball coach Mark Pope and women's head coach Amber Whiting will be two of the 11 Big 12 coaches that'll be helping youth clinics in New York City at Rucker Park. We got a lot of Cougar Nation in New York. Find Rucker
8: Park as part of Big 12 Hoops in the Park on Tuesday, July 18th. Daniel Schneeman had two hits yesterday for the Guardians AAA affiliate uh, Columbus Clippers. Schneeman is batting 309 over the last two months. He's having a great season. Those are today's headlines. Now let's
0: whip it. Cougar Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your
8: e-commerce logistics shipping partner. What do you got? As mentioned in the headlines, women's basketball was ranked as having the 12th best transporter class according to 24-7 Sports. Um, As part of the uh, transfer portal class I was returning star for Lauren Guston, bringing in Oregon transfer and former top 40 recruit Jenna Issa and Boston University transfer Lauren Davenport. How impressive has Amber Whiting's staff been when it comes to recruiting?
0: It's been uh, unprecedented in the history of the women's basketball program. And they've had some really, really good players. But as of the other night, they picked up their fourth or third four-star Player um, to go along with Amari Whiting and uh, and um, That's never happened before. And, and, then, and then the talent around them
8: is pretty good too. I want hey, to Whiting's going places. I wonder if there's uh, some NIO deals associated. With well, that. I don't
0: know. But whatever it is, it's working for the BYU women's program. Uh, Pro Football Focus ranked the 49ers as having the best linebacking core in the NFL, highlighted by Fred Warner who many consider to be the single best linebacker
8: in the NFL. We, we certainly do. What are your expectations for Fred this season? Uh, to, to be a, a, a top linebacker like he's been uh, the last couple of years, but also to, to lead his defense, right? So to be a top linebacker, to, uh, to perform on one of the, the top defenses in the NFL, and I would say actually make it to the, to, to the Super Bowl. Um, when, you, when you have a, a running back as your fourth string quarterback, it's, hard, it's hard, to win, hard to win games, no matter how good you are on the defensive side. So um, that's my, my expectation for Fred, more than anybody else, is way high. You know
0: what I love about Fred is whenever the Cougars are in the area, football, basketball, softball, volleyball, whatever, he finds a way to get there because he's, uh, he's all in with yep. BYU, and BYU
8: fans are all in with Fred Warner, at linebacker. Absolutely. Uh, ESPN's Myron Metcalf listed the best 25 college basketball players of the last 25 years. He had BYU's Jimmer Fredette at 24th on that list. Should Jimmer be higher? 24 in the last 25 years? You know,
0: anyone who watched Jimmer, uh, he was was different. Certainly the National Player of the Year. uh, That year for him, Um, it was a lottery pick going into the NBA, but uh, he was unstoppable. And uh, should he be higher than 24? Probably, I don't know what the number is because there were so many good players over the last 25 years. Yeah. But uh, with Jimmer at the ball in his hands, as we saw, Kawhi Leonard and all those guys, couldn't
8: stop him. Right. Yeah, I, I think he's got to be higher. Yeah. I mean, Jimmer mania, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be international when he takes that three-on-three group over to the Olympics. Look, 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 when Little Wayne drops, you know, your name in a, in a song of his, you... You, you, you've, you've made it, right? So you've got to be hired just for You're that. You're saying reason.
0: Lil Wayne should have him up Lil top Wayne. 15? Top 15, top
8: 15. Right.
0: absolutely. <laughs> NBA draft is tonight. We're going to stick with uh, Jimmer. He was the last BYU player taken in the draft back in 2011. And now that the Cougars are in the Big 12, do you expect the program to have players drafted frequently, certainly more frequently than every 12 years as we move forward? Remember, there's just two rounds. That makes it a little tough.
8: <laughs> can I plead the? Can I plead the fifth? That tells me we got a ways to go. <laughs> can
5: I plead the fifth? We got a ways to go.
8: I don't. I don't think so. It's hard to. It's hard to say. Um, I. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. We'll see
0: what happens because the Big Twelve is going to require a talent increase. Yeah. And uh, Mark Pope and his staff has been busy yeah, getting ne- ready ne- for the first year. We'll just see, but there's the possibility, sure, because it's a program in a league that is front and center with America. And if
8: you get a guy whose light comes on, there you go. I, 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 I would rather players make it in the NBA and stay long and have good career, long careers like football versus getting drafted. So that's, I mean, that's just, I think BYU, you know, over time can do that, especially like you said with by default, the, the talent level is going to increase because it it's the Big 12 and right. recruiting. Um, staying on uh, the theme of uh, the NBA and the NBA draft, 42 years ago, the Boston Celtics drafted Danny Ainge while he was playing shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays against the Chicago White Sox. The day he was drafted, he's playing for the Blue Jays. <laughs> he went 0 for 3 with an error. Um, do you think his mind could have been somewhere else? You think? I mean, it's hard enough.
0: Uh, anyone who plays baseball will tell you the hardest thing in the world is to hit a baseball that's yeah. thrown at you 100 miles an hour. It might curve. It might do a changeup. It might come in as a high heater. Right. Um, and then you're out at shortstop in the big leagues. Um, if you're the least bit distracted, it's hard to do that. So you're you're doing that, and you know the Celtics just drafted you. In the second round of the NBA draft, and your heart is saying, "I'm really good at
8: basketball." All right, All right. Do you maybe think I want to do that? Do you think if he, if it was nowadays, like currently, um, he had like a cell phone or maybe like an Apple Watch <laughs> to, get, to get notified? I think there'd be so many solidified <laughs> contracts that it wouldn't
0: even be able to happen. Because remember, there was a legal battle then between the Celtics and the Blue Jays, and the right. Celtics eventually won—not right away, but it took some time—and then Ames joined the team while the season was on, and then. Yeah. then the rest is history yeah true true true, true. what a day 42 years ago
8: uh, join BYU football head coach Kalani Satake and BYU student athlete speakers um, for a special athletics devotional at the Merritt Center this Sunday night you can attend in person or watch it at 8 eastern on BYU TV our big contest
0: continues the results first of yesterday's best win between 1984 Michigan and 2009 Oklahoma and a matchup today that just might have you scratching your head. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio.
4: Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of BYU Sports Nation Live from Studio B. Jeremy Jordan alongside Dave McCann. Good to have you. Hey, 10 days away from the Big 12, man. It it almost, like, it feels like we've been in the Big 12 for a while. But the reality of that, I don't think actually sets in, not in 10 days, but when BYU plays Kansas and Cincinnati and so on, and we're seeing that patch in soccer and volleyball and football and whatnot, then it sets in, I think, probably? I think so. It's the fastest summer we've ever
0: had because the, the portal extended all football channels. <laughs> yes, thank and you. We have a
4: daily show. And then
0: the July starts with this. July ends with the guys reporting. So Don't forget Football Media Day. Yeah, hey, we're middle, not throwing our own. We go to them. Yeah, we'll be in Dallas for that. And, and then, and then practice is here. I mean, AFR starts in less than five weeks. I know. You guys and, are going super early. And we're you? like going, hey, wait a sec. But this is what we love. Yep. It's what we do. And, but, I, but this year, because of all these things that mark the calendar, it feels like uh, we might just skip summer. The weather around here is still in spring. You know, we're almost out of June. We haven't even had a hot day We're yet.
4: about to hit 90 for the first time in Utah this week. It's so crazy. it hasn't even been that hot. Yeah. Okay. Our question of the day is this. What's the most revealing month of games on the BYU football schedule? Dave said November. I said September. Jordan Brady may be one of the smartest guys on Twitter. Let's skip his. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> gotta be November. He agrees with you. I think how they finish the season will be very telling. Injuries, as you mentioned, depth, adjustment to new scheme and teammates, etc. I think we'll finally know what they're made of in November. Yeah. It, so we've used the word revealing. Yeah, Defining is a similar idea. It's like how, because my argument is how quickly BYU starts will define how or reveal how well they have to play in November. But I think regardless, BYU is qualifying for a bowl game in November. It's just how hard do they have to work to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And the
0: reveal is, did they have enough to put themselves in a position to do it? The defining is, yes, they did, or no, they didn't. They didn't. Because right? then you've got, the great thing about the Big 12 is there's a second year coming, right? So you, you learn all this, and, and then you get to go kind of restock the shelves again, um, having never done it before. And so I, I, th- I think your, every single game is really going to be revealing, right? Uh, were we good enough to beat Kansas? or were we good enough to take down Texas Tech in our place or, or not? Um, that's the reveal of, Huh? We're going to play them next year, so what do we got to do to get better in between? So, you know, it's it's not a free pass year because tickets are expensive and expectation is high. But, man,
4: first time out, we're going to learn a lot. There's going to be a lot revealed. Expectations are high in that we believe, and Jeff Hansen said this. was is a great point. Like, how will you define success besides wins and losses? He said how competitive BYU is. Yeah. Like, that BYU does not get just blown out in several of these games, but they're... If you when BYU lose, that they were competitive, that they were in the game, and there'll be some level of moral victory in year one, sure. where it's like, okay, you had six regular season losses. There were only two that were by seventeen plus, which is a three score game. Hence my seventeen plus thing. Like at Arkansas, be competitive because the next week you're playing at Kansas and you're going up against a tremendous offense. Arkansas, by the way. Returns the same quarterback the torched BYU last year, K.J. Jefferson. you got to show up. But the defense is different. The reset button has been pushed with the hiring of Jay Hill. You have 20 new incomers uh, from the transfer portal. This is a new look and feel BYU team, yet the familiarity is... We still have Aaron Roderick running the show on offense, which has been awesome the last few years. The culture is great with Kalani Satake. You're getting guys from other schools who are talented who want to come in. Think of the Pukas and the Kingsleys who didn't start at BYU. It was disappointing when they didn't choose BYU, but they have come back, and here they are at BYU. And now there's never been a bigger season and offseason in BYU history in terms of we're in a Power 5 league. We don't know how hard it's going to be, but gosh dang it, we're going to get after it. And see if we can't be interesting in the next couple of years. It's a contrast between a sprint and a marathon. As an
0: independent, September was a sprint. Run as fast as you can because we're playing four P5s in five games.
4: Get ranked and, at 3-1 and, and, three and, and, one and, and then hope it You know survive. what?
0: Let's get to see what we got left. But now it's a marathon and there are markers, right? It's, it's not all hinging on September. It's not all hinging on October. It's hinging on... Okay, I gotta get to mile three, and then I get to mile 12, then I get to mile 16, and now I'll say, you know what, I can finish this marathon, I hope, right? But, but it, a marathon is never done in a sprint because physically you can't do it. But, but now the mentality is you, you, you don't have to be perfect, one, to be in contention, um, and we're not going to be perfect in this first year, but it's the marathon of it's not all about September because there's a giant October. And then, hey, once you get that point, you can't hit the wall because November's coming.
4: More to play for, too. There, there are players who have said after they've graduated, they didn't want to admit it while they played, that in Independence, it was tough once you lost like, that second game. It's like, well, what now? It's, yeah. it's human nature. The bowl game that we've been told we're going to. We're not playing for something bigger. You don't know what bowl game you're going to exactly, you need to finish in a certain place and whatnot. Like, you have a chance at a bowl game that BYU's never been to, for one, and two, that pays you more than even the Cotton Bowl in 97 does now. Hey, and, and every Saturday, there's a chance. we
0: looked at the opening day schedule for the Big 12 last night. Blaine and I, every Saturday, is there's seven games to watch, or six, mm-hmm. or, or eight, or whatever. The Texas-Baylor game's huge on the day BYU plays Kansas for BYU. Um, and, and everyone else in the league, and, and that's the rush we haven't had since, uh, since our days in the country. We've
4: lived on a farm by ourselves, now we moved into a neighborhood. <laughs> and it's a the... nice neighborhood. Let's go. In the city, yep.
0: by a country club, yeah.
4: By Billy Crystal.
0: <laughs> hey, Jerem, David Nixon, Kristen Kozlowski, the great Tyler Hawes, going to sit down and discuss the challenges and excitement surrounding BYU's move to the Big 12, just like we're doing this morning.
1: That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear and catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU
4: Radio.